Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Today we finish our character message series. I want to talk to you today about the power of principle. Say that with me. The power of of principle. Come on, one more time, really good and strong. The power of principle. Now I want to put a little Travis Johnsonism on it. I'm going to change that up just a little bit. Uh, you know, as we close this thing out, I just want to tell you to keep chopping the tree. Okay, that's the other title, the less formal title of the message. Keep chopping the tree. We'll be in Judges chapter six. We're going to look at uh, Gideon's life and we're doing that at a time where we're walking into uncertainty the beginning of a new school year Um, culture is doing what it's doing everything's changing so quickly Uh, we learn that people that are experts and they know everything we find out they don't know nearly as much as they think they know and everything is moving changing pop culture is very fickle has an ebb and flow God's word never changes If we're going to stand on anything, we don't want to stand on sand. We want to stand on a solid foundation, the word of God. And I want to challenge you today as we look at the life of Gideon to find the only trustworthy, faithful foundation that we can stand on. And that is is God's word. Today, I want to encourage you with this idea that your principled obedience to God will inspire others to trust God to follow God. Judges chapter six. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. This period of time is following in Judges chapter five, we see Deborah, the judge. This is a period of time where the leadership of Israel was led by judges, not by kings. Um, Judges weren't selected by the Senate and approved by the president, not in the way that we would think of like the Supreme Court judge. These judges didn't wear robes necessarily, but these judges had names like Samson, Shamgar, Deborah, and Gideon. And the way the judges worked is they weren't, well, we will see Gideon was chosen, but so often what happened is there was a leadership need and someone rose to the challenge to meet the the need. Who are leaders? Are leaders born or made? I would say yes to both. There are definitely leaders who are born. There are other people who did not start out as leaders, but they grew into leaders. But what we will see in Gideon's life is that there was a situation. He rose to meet the challenge of that moment. Deborah, she led so well that Israel experienced 40 years of peace and prosperity. Verse one of chapter six says that Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And so God said, all right, you wanna do things your way, then I'll just step out of the way and I'll let you have the results from what happens when you do things like you wanna do. And so for seven years, they were handed over to the Midianites. We're gonna come back and we're gonna look at Midian here in a second. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. I'm gonna pause here for a second. What you're gonna read here, this is war. This is war. 
And even in the first service, I, I had a, a, a guy come up to me and said, I don't like that God had people fight and kill people. Uh, wait a second. That's not what this is. Israel, this was a holocaust. This was a genocide of Israel. And God gave them directions for how to get out of it. Israel is not the bully. Israel is just trying to survive. And they were trying to survive from people who were cruel, as cruel as any human beings, as any human could be to another human being. You're going you're to hear some of it here, but it isn't even all recorded in this. The Bible is full of this kind of description, not only of Midian, but the Amalekites throughout the Bible. These were arch enemies. If Israel was Michael Jordan, then the Amalekites were Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas. These were arch enemies, great competitors. They were so cruel that Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, listen to this, marauders from Midian and Amalek and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. So think about this just for a second. You till land, you plant seed, you water seed, you put up scarecrows in the fields to keep the crows from coming. And finally, when you get a little food to burst up out of the ground so that you can eat, there's somebody that doesn't own that land, didn't own that uh, seed, that didn't put into that labor to make that produce. They come along and say, I know that's your food, but I'm taking it. You know why I'm taking it? Because I'm bigger than you. I'm going to burn down your house. I'm going to take your children. I'm going to take your, your, your wives. And, and you won't even be safe in your house. That's why you're going to have to go hide in mountains and caves. And so they took their sheep, their goats, their cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes coming with their livestock, livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count. So to the young man, they had a beef with God, not with me, but with God. I guarantee you, somebody punches you in the face, you're not going to get in trouble for defending yourself. Someone steals from you, you're not going to get in trouble for putting locks on your doors. People have a right to live. Let me tell you, you have a right to pursue the God-called destiny that he has on your life. Don't worry about what somebody else thinks of you. Don't worry about what the pop culture thinks about you. You go and be all that God has called you to be. June, don't hide up in a cave somewhere. Don't hide up in a, in a mountain somewhere trying to get away from the enemy. Look, if it's just June, if it's just Travis and Jesus, we got everything that we need. So it says they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried. Did you know thousands of Christians in Ethiopia in the last few weeks have been killed just for being Christians? Starving because someone was taking the same, same kind of deal. When they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, the prophet said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. You've been through this before. 
That's what he's saying. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. So just think about this. God comes along and he delivers Egypt from 200 years of slavery. He delivers them from not only the Egyptians, but so many other people that attacked them. And you know, you would think that we'd come along and say, thank you to the Lord. Has God been good to you today? Has, boy, has he been good to you? How many times has God done something good for us and we failed to return thanks to the Lord? You know what I tend to do and what you tend to do is when we do something good, we say, look how smart I am. What a great move that was. Douglas, what a great move that was. Do you see that deal that we made? Did you see how we finessed this situation? Do you see how we navigated that? Look at what we did. But when something bad comes, have you ever noticed that we go, God, how can you do this to me? So we take all the credit for anything that's good. We blame God. And then when God does something good in our life, then we tend to turn our backs on him. Then, then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abizer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat. So we got Joash, now we got Gideon. Joash is Gideon's dad. He was threshing wheat at the bottom of a vine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. Let me explain to you how the wine press works and how the threshing floor works. The threshing floor would be on a hard surface on a high place, usually at the top of a hill, so it could take advantage of the winds that were coming off the water at that point so that you could take a threshing fork or a pitchfork and you could grab all of the wheat and you could throw it up in the air and then the chaff would be driven away by the wind and then the meat of the wheat would land back on the threshing floor. And the wine press was put down in the valley because when you press out grapes, then the wine flows where? It flows down. But here we have Gideon hiding in the valley where there's no wind to blow. What he's doing is he's threshing the wheat. He'd throw it up in the air and the chaff and all the meat of the wheat will fall back in the same place. So he'd have to work harder. Don't you know when you have the right tools, the job is a lot easier to do. So Gideon is, is in the wrong place. The reason why, though, is he was hiding from the Midianites who were killing his people all day long, stealing. They, now, they didn't want to kill them all the way because they wanted Israel to produce for them so they come and just steal what it was that, uh, that they had produced. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to little Gideon, hiding down in the valley, the runt of the litter. He said, mighty hero. The Lord is with you. Now that reminds me how my dad spoke to me as a kid. When I was little, he never said little man. He always said big T. He, he, he always built me up. He always spoke. And look at how the angel of the Lord looks at little Gideon. And he says, hello, mighty warrior, mighty hero. The Lord is with you. So, sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, what has happened to us? And where all the miracles our ancestors told you about. He's asking this because they've been attacked. Do you remember who they have been being attacked by? The Midianites, the Amalekites, and others from the east. So who are the Midianites? Midian, or the people of Midian, the Midianites. They, Midian is a son of Abraham. 
Abraham married Keturah. I think you can find this in Genesis chapter 25. And Keturah had among their children uh, was, was, was Midian. And we see that um, there were some people that came up out of Midian's lineage or the Midianites, some people that were famous like Jethro. Jethro was the father-in-law of Moses. Jethro helped Mo- Moses organize Israel after they had come out of 200 years of slavery. They were a nation with no structure, a nation with one person to interpret the law. That was Moses and Jethro helped them. So Mid- the Midianites and Israel got along sometimes, but then they had, they had problems also. In fact, in Numbers 31, we see that there was all kinds of drama between the Midianites and the Israelites to where the Israelites were intermingling with the Midianites and worshiping the Midianites' gods. They were syncretizing with their religion, with the culture, and God gave clear instructions on this, this compromise hurt them a great deal, did a great deal of damage to Israel. And then we have the Amalekites or Amalek, the people of Amalek, the Amalekites. Amalek was the grandson of Esau. You know, Jacob and Esau. We serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You notice we don't serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. Esau raised Amalek in a house full of hate and bitterness. Think about what Jacob had done. Jacob was strong. He was a hunter. He was a man's man, but he had poor judgment. Of course, we see Jacob coming in one day from working, and as he was working, he decided, because he was hungry, he decided to trade away his inheritance, his birthright, his legacy for a bowl of chili or a bowl of porridge. And rather than Esau being open to the soft truth about himself, being open to the fact that it was his foolishness that caused him to lose out, his sin that caused him to lose out with his family. He instead got mad at Jacob for offering him the bowl of porridge. And so Amalek grew up in a house that was embittered towards Jacob and Israel and the Israelites. In fact, consider this. The very first attack on Israel as Israel is coming out of Egypt was by the Amalekites. Israel had just barely escaped Egypt and they weren't even heading towards where the Amalekites lived. But Jacob's descendants, Amalek's descendants said they got out. Now's the time to get them. And they headed off into attack uh, Israel. We see this really difficult Situation. Some other ways that you might know of the Amalekites, some famous situations. You remember when Moses and Joshua fought um, and Moses said, hey, I'm going to go up on this mountain. You go down and you lead the troops and I'll go up on the mountain. The Lord told me as long as I raise the staff, then we would win. And he would raise his staff during the battle. And when he got tired, because you get tired, you can't just indefinitely be strong. The staff would lower and Joshua and the Israelites would begin to lose. This is when Aaron and Hur come in. They place a stone under Moses and they hold up his arms. This is the Amalekites. That's what's going on here. These people were absolutely 
wicked and they were out to destroy and wipe Israel off of the face of the earth. And God gave two directives for Israel concerning the Amalekites. I want you to think of a genocide, a Holocaust, like Germany and the Jews, the Amalekites and Israel. When Israel is defenseless, they step in. And God said this, he gave these two directives. He said, never forget what they have done and wipe them off of the face of the earth. Take, take them out. And then later we actually see Saul go and he takes out a bunch of the people, but, and, and God said, don't even bring their sheep. Don't, get, don't take their livestock, burn, just, just cut ties and move on. And Saul brings back all kinds of loot. You know, Israel got in trouble for that. This is the situation. Gideon saying, the Lord, didn't, didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Then the Lord is saying, he's saying, son, I'm coming here to fix it. I'm trying to talk to you. Do you want to talk excuses? Or do you want to be a part of my victory that I'm bringing to deliver you from the hands of your oppressors? Here's what he says. The Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Pathway Church today at both campuses, all services today, we have people that are going public with their faith in water baptism. It's a special day. It's a special day. Today we have three pastor's kids that are being baptized. We have two of our kids' director's kids that are being baptized. I've never seen this happen at Pathway Church. It's a special day. Today, Pastor Freddie Todd and I, got, we got to go over and we got to, we got to baptize Becca Todd. And, and then over at airport campus in the nine o'clock service, Dr. As, uh, Dr. Allison Chappell, Wesley Chappelle's daughter Adeline was baptized to start off the service. Pretty awesome. We got some world changers that are going public. Here's what I'd say to them. Here's what I'd say to you. I am sending you. Greg, I am sending you. I am sending you to be a voice for my people. I am sending you to change your family, to change your school, to change your workplace, to change your city. Pastor, when is the help going to arrive? What are you talking about? We are the help. We are the people that God has chosen. He's chosen us. And of course, we would say like Gideon, but Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. I mean, this is the smallest tribe and my clan is weak and I'm the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I'll be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you're, the, as if you're fighting against one man. And you know, this is true. This is something that I've noticed. You know, I've watched churches go from being gospel faithful biblically faithful churches to being compromised apostate churches that carve out the scriptures. Let me just tell you really quickly, the Bible is not a buffet that you can pick and choose from and what you're going to believe. If you can pick and choose from the gospel, what you believe, it's not God that you believe in, but yourself. If God is subject to you or subordinate to you and you can pick and choose, you know, God's like a little monkey on a string that can dance whenever you play the little organ. That's not our relationship with God. Like Rudy Rudiger heard from the, the, the priest at Holy Cross when he was trying to play at Notre Dame. He said, there are two things for sure in life. Number one, there is a God. And number two, you're not him. 
to pay attention to how this goes. But one thing that I've noticed in churches and institutions like this, it's not like there's a majority of people that just decide to become apostate, but it's somewhere along the way, one man, one woman decide not to be faithful. And they just kind of blend in. Listen, Pathway Church, in 2021, in this day, in this age, listen to me. You hold on to God's hand. You hold on to his truth. You lock your knees. You stiffen your spine. And you follow what God said. You're not smarter than him. He loves us. He wants the best for us and for our community, for our family. You know what? You want to see revival in your house? All it takes is for one mama to go over into a prayer closet and begin to lift her family up. You want to see revival in your church? All it takes is one person that gets on their knees and they, Pastor, I just, we just need more move of the Holy Spirit. You know what? I haven't seen you flowing in the Holy Spirit. Why don't you get in the Bible? Why don't you get on your knees? Stop complaining and get close to Jesus. All it takes is one man or one woman. Gideon's like, all right. All right. Yeah. If you truly are going to help me, show me a sign to prove. And he does this forever. Gideon is like, I want a sign. I want a sign. I want a sign. I want a sign. Okay. Well, we got a sign. We got the Bible. Okay. So it's nice to put out a fleece and all that. We're not even at the fleece part. This is a different one. Anyway, he goes on. He said, don't go away. He's talking to the angel of the Lord. Oftentimes, the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is actually an epiphany or a theophany. It's God himself present. And you're going to see that. The way that you know that is either the angel of the Lord ascribes deity to himself or when someone calls him Lord or God, the the angel doesn't contradict. We're going to see this. So he says, now don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. He answered, I will stay here until you return. Gideon, he hurried home. He cooked a young goat with a basket of flour. He baked some bread without yeast, unleavened. Then carrying the meat in the basket and the broth in a pot, he brought them out and presented them to the angel who was under the great tree. The angel of the Lord or the angel of God said to him, place the meal and the unleavened bread on this rock and pour the broth over it. And Gideon said, did as he was told. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and bread with the tip of the staff in his hand and fire flamed up from the rock and consumed all he had brought and the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, capital L, Lord, he cried out, O sovereign Lord, capital S, capital L. When you write about God and you say he, you capitalize that because you're saying in that pronoun that he is God. When I write me, it's a lowercase m, unless it's at the beginning of the sentence. Now this is English class. Unless it's at the beginning of the sentence and then it's capitalized because it's at the beginning of the sentence, not because I'm God. Gideon is recognizing who this is here. Sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. It's all right, the Lord replied. Do not be afraid. You will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. Or he said, the Lord that didn't kill me. The Lord that was kind to me and gracious. The altar remains in Ophrah in the land of the clan of Abizer to this day. That night, the Lord said to Gideon, and then this is where it gets real right here. He said, remember, I'm calling you 
to work on the behalf of your people. Now here's where the rubber meets the road, which let me just tell you tonight, or Wednesday night is night of worship. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. And you know, we have a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. Everybody wants that. Nobody wants what's coming next though. We want the good stuff. We want that marshmallowy dessert. You know what I'm talking about? The green stuff. It's got some fruit in it. What is that called? It's like Andalusia or something. What is that? Ambrosia. Okay, whatever. I don't. I just eat it. All right. We want that stuff. We want the. We want the goosebumps. We want the presence of God. Not the presence of God that causes us to be afraid, but the presence of God that heals and delivers and and encourages. But when the rubber meets the road and it's time to make a stand, when all of pop culture is saying, you're on the wrong side of history. You're bigoted. You're hateful. No, actually, all all we're doing is we're, we're just trying to honor the Lord. Which, let me tell you, I love everybody. My neighbors that live around me, I don't expect them to think like me. You shouldn't expect them to think like you. You shouldn't expect them to act like you. You know what you're called to do? You're just called to love your neighbor as yourself. Is that a good word for the church? Because there's a lot of preaching about how there is a heaven and there is a hell. And some people preach about hell like we're glad for people to go there. No, we shouldn't be glad for anybody to go there. Thank God by his grace. I'm looking around the room. There's some people here that before Jesus were splitting hell wide open. Aren't you glad that God isn't rewarding you based on what you deserve, but instead he's rewarding you based on the grace of God if you've placed your trust in Jesus Christ. And when it comes time to stand, we don't want to do that. That night, the Lord said to Gideon, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that's seven years old. If you go back to verse one, you see that Midian had oppressed Israel for seven years. God does this a lot of times. He'll go, it's symbolic. He's like, get a seven-year-old bull, probably to symbolize the seven years of oppression under Midian. He said, pull down your father's altar to Baal. Notice he didn't say, Go, go, tear, go tear down the, the temple in, in your neighbor's yard. He said, start in your house. Handle, handle your business. Cut it down. Cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. Then build an altar to the Lord your God here on the hilltop sanctuary, you know, where you should be threshing the wheat anyway. Laying the stones carefully, sacrifice the bull as a burnt offering on the altar using as fuel the wood of the Asherah pole you cut down. Did I tell you what Gideon's name means? Did I forget that? Remember when I said, keep chopping that tree? Gideon's name means hacker or chopper. When I'm thinking about this, I'm I'm thinking about us. How many of you want to see good things happen for your family? You want to see good things happen in your life? You, You want to see the obedience of God in your life result in righteousness in your life, God's goodness in your life. But do you ever... Follow after the Lord and you're going, hey, where's the benefit? God, when are you going to work? Or is that just me? Do any of you plant a seed and then you look, you expect the seed just to go ahead and grow, the oak tree just to go ahead and grow? Here, here's what I would say. There are some trees that's going to take a little while to knock them down. You just got to keep chopping that tree, whether you see the result. Uh, Jim Collins in Good to Great calls it the flywheel effect. You push really hard for a long time. You can't hardly get it moving. But once you get that flywheel moving, you can't hardly stop it. Gideon, the old hacker, 
was told to chop this altar of idol worship down. So Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord had commanded. But he did it at night because he was afraid of the other members of his father's household and the people of the town. Early the next morning, as the people of town began to stir, someone discovered that the altar of Baal had been broken down and that the Asherah pole beside it had been cut down. In their place, a new altar had been built and on it were the remains of the bull that had been sacrificed. The people said to each other, who did this? And after asking around and making a careful search, they learned it was Gideon, the son of Joash. Bring out your son, the men of the town demanded of Joash. Joash, go bring your son. He must die for destroying the altar of Baal and for cutting down the Asherah pole. Now here's, I notice that this is happening right now. It's not good enough for us to be tolerant. It's not good enough for us to all get along. No, you have to believe like the culture believes. Listen, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. We're only gonna bow our knee to one and that's Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Pathway, listen to me. Don't compromise yourself so that you can get approval of man. You know what the Bible says about this? It says if we are ashamed of God now, then he'll be ashamed of us in eternity. I'll be honest. I want people to like me. I don't like people to not like me. I like people to approve and affirm and say, Hey, good job, kid. I mean, that was, that was great. And I don't want to be unnecessarily offensive. But I also don't want to be unaware that the gospel is an offense. Not everybody is going to receive the gospel. We don't need a better retelling of the gospel. We just need to preach the gospel call people to repentance so that people can be saved because there's a culture that's trying to convert you and trying to convert your children and your neighbors to go and pursue things that will never satisfy you know there's there's not a car that'll satisfy there's not a house that'll satisfy there's not a boyfriend or a girlfriend that'll satisfy there's not a water that will permanently satisfy the bible says sin is good but just for a season And Jesus comes and he says, I have water that'll cause you to never thirst again. And and it's true. It's true. Pathway, go be as awesome as you can be. Debbie, go be as awesome as you could possibly be. Whatever it is you do, do as unto the Lord. If you're a doctor, be the best doctor you can be. If you're a nurse, be the best nurse you can be. If you're a teacher, be the best teacher you can be. If you work at Zaxby's, be the best chicken flipper you can be. For the glory of God. But at the end of the day, if you get every one of your dreams, every material thing, it just won't be enough. Only God is enough. Bring out your son, the men of town demanded of Joash. He must die for destroying the altar of Baal and for cutting down the Asherah pole. And then look at how contagious little Gideon's conviction was. Because remember Joash, his daddy, who had an altar to Baal and Asherah pole, who served other gods up until, up until verse 30, verse 31. 
But Joash shouted to the mob that confronted him, why are you defending Baal? Will you argue his case? Whoever pleads his case will be put to death by morning. If Baal truly is a God, let him defend himself and destroy the one who broke down his altar. From then on, Gideon was called Jerubbaal, which means let Baal defend himself because he broke down Baal's altar. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.